I'm yeah. addicted to Thanksgiving leftovers. I just can't quit cold turkey. That is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> can't stop the rock. <laughs> Well, good. I don't have to do the summary this week, so that's fine. Who says? Well, if I'm off the call. <laughs> you don't seem very off the call. Well, I'm off in other ways. Does that count? It hasn't for two years. <laughs> I think we've lost Will. Nope, I'm here. Oh, okay. We've, we've all we lost, lost our will. will a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. To Live? Is there a Mr. Will to Live here? <laughs> no? I didn't think so. Podcasts The Final Frontier. These are the Star Trek episodes of the podcast Superhero Time. Our continuing mission? Explore old episodes of Star Trek, alienate even more listeners, and boldly plow your mom where no one has come before. Superhero Time presents that one episode of Star Trek. With Chris. If you have fisting's not out of the question. Hey, Mickey. Oh. Honey, let me tell you. Scott. I like it when he calls me honey. And Fort Max. Possibly. Fort Fenton Mud. What have you been up to? Have you been drinking again? So there wasn't an Orville this week because it was Thanksgiving, right? Uh, Yes. There wasn't a discovery this week because life is awful, right? Also Also true. Okay, well, I guess that means we don't really have any, like, preamble here, aside from the 25 minutes we just did. Um, (laughs) So we have, what, four episodes of the podcast left, including this one? Five? I don't know. Numbers. Um, But because the podcast is on the verge of death, we decided to ask Will West to come and sit in with us for an episode. Yay. Yay! Thanks for having me back. It's Coming only back. been like seven years. <laughs> seven <It> years. Really <laughs> seven years in the topic change. <laughs> <laughs> now, were you our first guest host? No, I believe that was Mike Blanchard. Oh yes. <sighs> Is he also dead or to us? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to gauge like your your the the death rate around here. That's what I'm just trying to figure out what my odds are. Well, we well there's Don, JD and before JD JD's podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, JD's podcast would be on the death toll for superhero time. Okay. By all rights. Yeah, since it's been so many years, I can't remember what we actually asked you on to talk with us about that time. Will, do you have any idea? Oh yeah, I remember it like it was yesterday. Flashback time. <laughs> it was it was that episode, the season three MMPR, where the musical episode. 
where they like they had the metallic armor and they danced in like that suburb that they shot in everywhere for season three shogun ultra that cul-de-sac yeah that is so so sad that you can remember what episode you were here to talk about (laughs) one time seven years ago he was only on one episode we've been on all the episodes so it's all just one big blur of pain (laughs) I like to think that Will downloaded the episode and got like the graphic representation of the waveform and printed out and framed it on his wall (laughs) you know his his memento of that one time he was on superhero time internet's most offensive podcast about children's television shows To Will West, the day he was on Superhero Time was the most important day of his life. To us, it was just Monday. (laughs) It's true. I would go into my lair and look up at it framed and look over at the phone that wasn't ringing and say, soon, soon. Well, it may have taken seven years, but eventually you made it back. So our uh, that one episode this week is uh, from The Next Generation, Season 6. It's Rascals, otherwise known as Starfleet Babies. <laughs> oh no, here comes Nanny. <laughs> this episode is so incredibly stupid on so many levels. But it's so great! Yeah, somehow it's still fun and enjoyable despite that. <laughs> Well, it sounds like Mickey volunteered for summary this week. Yes! Oh, fine. <laughs> it's been a while since I've done one. Yeah, I know, because mostly I've just been about punishing Scott. <laughs> Punish me, Now I've been lazy and negligent. Plus, like, half the episodes we've done lately you haven't really been into, so... Sometimes that can make for an interesting summary experience, but other times it's just kind of... Not worth the hassle. It's easy to tell when Hey Mickey is like done with this shit. It's easy to tell because he's like, they go to a place and do a thing. Are we done yet? <laughs> 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 You'll like skip over 15 minutes of episode. We have to go, no, wait, wait, the shit blows up. We didn't mention that. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes I forget things. I thought you pulled the <laughs> no, episodes up on Netflix it. when we're doing this. <laughs> Yeah, I just take a series of screenshots with my cell phone while I was watching it the other night. That's what I use. So. Interesting approach. I, no, I, actually, <laughs> uh, for work every year, I watch these stupid safety <clears throat> videos for OSHA, and like they give these like bullet point slideshow presentations that are on the screen for like half a second. Mm-hmm. And so I just like take my phone. I just take screenshots, camera shots of the the screen, <laughs> everything, and then I cheat on the test at the end. Um, I have no problem with this. It just means you're smarter than the test. That means I'm, I'm keeping the information long enough to absorb some of it. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. All right, okay, so. This week on that one episode of OSHA. So, uh, Picard, Guinan, Roe, and Keiko. Um, the the dream uh, team, honestly. Yeah. This, um, this I, is the A-list. Lord, why these people? Yeah, so I mean, they're coming back from shore leave, which means for some reason, these four people took shore leave together at the same time, including Picard, who hates taking shore leave. And Guinan, who is a civilian and can is a the civilian and, and therefore to. doesn't need shore leave to leave. I mean, Keiko going off on a trip makes sense. She wants to get away from Miles. Right, right. 
Also, uh, she's a botanist. There's not a lot of plants on a starship. Just the Have one you she put Jordy shower. <laughs> There's all kind of fungus in there. Sorry, go on. Okay, plants but, but... are not plants and fungus are entirely different things. Sweet Jesus, Fort Max! I swear to Sagan. <laughs> I don't know why you were surprised by this, Scott. No, I was just hoping to slip one by. Didn't work. It never works. This is super hero times. Yep. All right, so. Huey, Dewey, and Louie are all hanging out in um, the space Winnebago. Astrovan. Yeah. Uh, they're coming back from planet what-the-fuck-ever satisfies all four of these interests at once. Well, we never really find out why Guinan went, like what her specific interest was. She just, you know, Alcohol. Her interest was to go there to be esoteric and mysterious. Uh, Maybe they had a hat store. Yeah, I just got to say. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's like maybe it's like the planet of the black ladies in church. It is like her version of Riza. Guinan in the quest for the holy hat. <laughs> All right, so- I found it weird that I had gotten so used to runabouts because the shuttlecraft set was terrible. It's like two chairs and some blocks for them to sit on. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. It's like a college student's dorm room with like center blocks and two by fours. Right. I mean, bean bags. For the framing of the scene, they needed everybody to be in the forward compartment. But yeah, there's only two seats up front, and then there's benches in the aft compartment. But that doesn't really work for the staging of that shot. And yeah, runabouts make so much more sense as auxiliary spacecraft for like going to another star system. Mm-hmm. Especially since I don't think they have ever shown a shuttlecraft traveling at warp speed in Next Generation. Even though they have warp nacelles, which makes no sense. Yeah. Which, okay, if they got warp nacelles, they got a warp engine on there, right? So, uh, one, of the, somehow. one of the spec things I've seen over the years says that one possible place for that is in the the little bulge at the top. It's like a little micro warp reactor. <laughs> You sure it's not in the basement next to the power chamber? There is no basement. Uh, when it's in the shuttle bay, it does have that big box underneath it, so when they step into it, they don't put their foot through the floor. <laughs> <laughs> the other theory is that each uh, nacelle actually has its own little independent micro-reactor deal in it, like it's two self-contained systems. But yeah, when you get down to it, the uh, the mechanics of a shuttlecraft don't really make a lot of sense. No, Maybe they just don't. Like a micro USB port in the back, and they just charge them up full of warp energy before they go. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe it works like the photon torpedoes. Like, they have some kind of uh, special coil system that sustains a warp field if they're launched at warp, so they can keep traveling faster than light for a distance. Maybe if the Enterprise accelerates to warp speed oh. and they spit a shuttle out, it just keeps going at warp for a little while. Of course, right, since all the shuttle bays are facing... Of, of, of course, since the shuttle bays are all facing backwards, they'd have to actually, like, swing the Enterprise around and warp it in reverse. <laughs> you know, to get them yeah, going in the right awesome. direction. If like, so, like a J turn? Yep. <laughs> yes, a warp speed J turn. <laughs> Riker takes the helm, he, uh, he flips a switch, and a handbrake flips out of the console. <laughs> so, he starts power sliding around. Captain Dominic Peretti. <laughs> I was ready to say, see, like, Riker black, can't pull that off. Like, sticking out the front of it. <laughs> Star Trek, Tokyo Drift. Mm-hmm. They'd have to call up Ensign Gonzalez to pull that off. 
Good lord. <laughs> <laughs> We drop down the the uh, the warp nacelle pylons a little bit. We drop it down a little bit. You get more uh, more aerodynamics. <laughs> now put some NOS now, in the warp engine. <laughs> Star Trek already has had the rock, so that's true. <clears throat> a starship with hydraulics. <laughs> so especially what the uh, the intrepid class was with the nacelle things being able to go up and down. The geometry for the nacelles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great job, Chief Rodriguez. <laughs> what does it do? I don't know, man. It looks nice. <laughs> you know, I'm looking back at the last two years of this podcast and thinking instead of Scott, we should have had Will become our new regular. <laughs> I've gotten more entertainment. To be racist. I've gotten more <laughs> entertainment value out of Will West in the last five minutes than I have with Scott in the last two years. <laughs> if I knew I could have been racist, I could have been funny. <laughs> All future so Paul Heyman is Why Ro Laren is wearing a do rag? <laughs> <sighs> Look. That- Okay, Star Trek Voyager except except the cat the uh except Voyager was run by the cast of the Fast and the Furious. Yeah, it would have been a better show. It was on UPN, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> homeboys in Outer Space. Yeah, why didn't they have a Homeboys in Outer Space crossover with Voyager? I don't think Blu-ray yet. Oh, that's right. We were watching an episode at one point. <laughs> yeah, you're driving this thing. Man. At one so, point. Uh, five seconds into the episode now we've gotten. <laughs> yes, uh, but see, the Picard thing is, is we're actually all... having fun this week, so. So Picard is telling all about this wonderful expedition that he had where he dug up a bunch of uh, ancient cultures Tupperware. Uh, and Guinan is... Um, and apparently he's taking it off the planet with him. That's right! That, uh, that bothered me, yeah. too. <laughs> I can see a custom sticker on that bag. Come on. <laughs> yeah, so they're taking these ancient artifacts away from the planet they came from. Well, finders keepers. <laughs> I think it's not ancient artifacts. This is just garbage that Picard thinks is important. And the culture there is like, yeah, you can take that. No, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I've got a bag of stuff in my kitchen. You want to take it too? Picard's it's idea of artifacts. Picard's idea of archaeology is actually just rummaging through the dumpster of Pier One. <laughs> <laughs> Humoring Picard. She's smiling. Yes, I'm interested in this. <laughs> Fascinating. Okay, so something about this scene that really bothers me. Uh, I, I probably not get to it yet. Uh, but when they start having a little bit of turbulence, all the actors are moving, but they don't shake the camera at all. So it looks stupid as hell. But you know, it doesn't look stupid as hell. Whoopi, hold on to that hat. Yes, she is <laughs> ripping that hat. I can only imagine through rehearsals, like, she went the first couple times not bracing the hat and just kept sliding off to one side. Yeah. Well, it's probably a different cast member they're going to have played this part, but it slipped off and slit their face, so they had to, like, put Keiko in instead. <laughs> I think it was originally supposed to be Data on board. <laughs> he would have, like, de-aged into a battery. <laughs> 
You know, it's too bad oh. Pulaski wasn't here this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she would have devolved into a 45-year-old. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so Star talks about how his Tupperware is 700 years old, and Ganon says, yo, so's my dad. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, snap? Uh, yeah, <clears throat> I'm not certain who's that to dig against, but okay, whatever. Because the uh, live a long time. Oh, that's right. So suddenly the shuttlecraft drives headfirst into a fractal, and shit's bad. Um, there's drama and peril. Uh, Riker's concerned. O'Brien's failing to do his job adequately. Um, but great success. He beams back sixty percent of them. <laughs> All true. So it's interesting. Like he locks on their patterns and immediately says, "You know, forty percent drop in mass. I may have lost one of them." Now, I'm no mathematician, but I think if you take one-fourth away from 100%, that's a little less than 40. Well, he was just hoping... No, was... no, what, what are the ones that... Well, the other possibility is is that uh, they could have lost... Uh, Guinan's hat? Either Picard or Guinan, <laughs> but definitely had Keiko. <laughs> See, I'm thinking O'Brien was trying to figure out a way to lose Keiko in the pattern buffer. <laughs> and this just happened to happen at the same time. Okay, so then they would be, like, losing 20% or 15% of uh, the mass, because she is tiny. Fort Max, Wait. you're forgetting how much mass bitchiness contains. <laughs> but he was a consummate professional because his wife could have been like scattered and he doesn't break for a second. He's nope. like, oh, might have lost one of them. I wonder yeah, because he's kind of hoping it's her. <laughs> you know, if this was Voyager and he lost Keiko in the pattern buffer, she would just migrate into a near old gel pack and explode oh. out in the mess hall. <laughs> 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 or, or the other thing is, maybe he's incredibly racist and he thinks Ganyan's three fifths of a person. Oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> this is Will's fault. I've been holding it back. <laughs> he comes in being racist. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe it because O'Brien was the racist. I mean, like when DS9 started, he's like the Cardies. I was fighting the Cardies. Yeah, the freaking spoonheads. <laughs> Plus, he's Irish. He fought them in some war um, while he was transporting. <laughs> okay, well, it sounded like you were saying he was fighting the Cardies. Like them too. Which, to be fair, why wouldn't you fight the Carnies? Yeah, that's, that's good judgment. <laughs> very true. Very true. That that puts a whole new spin on that first season of DS Nine for me now. <laughs> where he just goes on shortly beating up Carnies. <laughs> Game of <laughs> I came in the night and stole the babies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the transportation's complete and Yay. dun dun dun. It's Kildren all over the transporter room. Four of them. O'Brien looks look somewhat like the actors that were just there a minute ago. <laughs> and yet somehow only Picard's clothing shrank with him. No, all of them did. It's just only evident on Picard. 
Well, Rose looks like she's actually wearing adult clothes, though, but Picard looks fine. <laughs> yeah, uh, Rose's sleeves are going well past her hands. Uh, right. Yeah. It's just that adult Rose isn't built much bigger than a 12-year-old. <laughs> wow, that's not creepy at all. And somehow Keiko is now Filipino. Because the, <laughs> the casting director was like, fuck it. So, that's what happened. from Filipino to Japanese. I'm sorry, we lost both of that, Mickey. That's fine. It probably doesn't need to be repeated anyway. <laughs> We're having a little bit of competition. Every time Will makes a sound, it's hard to hear you. Well, this won't do at all. Oh I know, I'll hang up on Scott. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's, uh, like so fun fact. Uh, it's like they didn't even try to cast like a Japanese actress. They're just like, oh, the eyes are close enough. Well, I mean, you realize that Keiko's normal actress is uh, Korean, I think? Is she? She's not Japanese. I never bothered to learn that. <laughs> I, oh, we lost Scott. I hung up on it. <laughs> I hung up on him because Will's sound is overriding yours. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> so is Tardhammer coming back? Or uh-huh. <laughs> he can catch up with us in the opening because we aren't at the we aren't even at the opening credits yet. Yeah, oh, I've been past the opening credits for a while. I'm waiting for you to catch up to me. <laughs> Well, you're the one who would have to be catching us up. Well, I'm waiting to see if there he is. <laughs> Don't get mad at me. No. Well, I can't, hang up on, I can't hang up on Will. He's the guest. <laughs> okay, so, fun fact. Uh, the girl playing uh, young Guinan also played young Whoopi and Sister Act mm-hmm. this exact same year. Well, cause I was about to say, she's easily the best actress out of all of these kids. She's amazing. I want to say she's amazing, but she does a very good job of pretending to be Whoopi Goldberg. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, she also does a very a good job, Dinah, which again is just Whoopi Goldberg for the most part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Considering Guinan's supposed to be so old, they should have just aged her down to like a 25-year-old. <laughs> My college co-ed age. She could be yeah. like their RA or their <laughs> babysitter. All right, so we've got the kids, we've got the opening credits. Uh, so they're in sick bay now with Crusher examining them. And Picard and, doesn't seem very bothered by any of this. No, he's totally just not concerned at all. Like, he is still to... him, therefore, he is fine. I don't have time for this A plot. I gotta get to this B plot of this planet in distress. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's just trying to like go full speed at ignoring that there's a problem. Because otherwise he'd have to actually sit there and think about the implications of it. <clears throat> but if he throws himself back into work immediately, he can focus on that and just ignore, you know, his child body now. Perhaps that's what they're going for. It really just kind of reads as, um, okay, well, I'm still going to go about everything is fine. Well, no, he doesn't do that, not before throwing everybody else under the bus. Like, well, you have three guinea pigs, you don't need me. Toodles. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Troy does a smashing job as counselor here, like, huh, okay. No mental problems with this. 
Is there is that her hair on her head this episode? Yes, this is the season where she had romance novel cover hair. Or it's, the worst perm I've ever seen. It's also the season where she came back uh, three shades darker than she left at the end of the season before. So I think she spent some time, you know, not shades darker. Herring and mm. basically, she came back looking very different than she left at the end of season five. Ah. Uh. All right, so um, as Captain and Number One head off to the bridge, uh, Guinan tells Ensign Rowe that she was a very cute kid. Yeah, <laughs> uh, hmm. eh, that's fair. I mean, you see pictures of your friends when they were kids. You go, yeah, you're a cute kid. Nothing wrong with that. But then Rowe goes in this big thing. He's like, I grew up in a completely failed colony. <laughs> there were rape gangs. I grew up in an internment camp. Jesus. There were suicide oh. bombings. <laughs> it was a completely f- nah, whatever <laughs> I like how even child row is intolerable to be around mm-hmm. <laughs> didn't you do anything for fun no never <laughs> work is fun it was fun George it was fun when they let us out of the mines for half an hour to get air <laughs> and Whoopi's like, I saw the whole planet killed by the Borg, and you're kind of a downer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm the part of an endangered species, bitch. <laughs> okay, so now what I love though is that Picard just runs straight to the bridge, and like that doesn't works. tell anybody what's going on. Nope, got work to do. Yep. So he just strolls in, barking at orders, and like everyone just like freezes, and it's a record scratch. And, okay, and before that though, the, the 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 image, and I've paused it perfectly of of Riker looking him up and down, side eyed, is fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah, Riker totally checks him out in, in the tur- turbo lift. Um, yeah, to the point where it's just like he's checking him out. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> Well, and then credit to the directing of this episode, they had Child Picard do the Picard maneuver in the turbo lift. Like, they 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 made sure to keep all this in character as much as possible, even down to the body language. Right, right. And this kid's eyes and nose do kind of resemble. Well, um, this child actor was previously seen in season four as Picard's nephew. Oh, oh, that's right. I recognized him because he it was all covered in uh, burns. Alien <laughs> <laughs> <Same> style. <laughs> yes, he would be seen again two years later in a burn ward. So one thing I don't – I think it's weird about the scene on the bridge is he comes up and he's like – starts barking orders for like two minutes, and then the crusher comes up and goes, um, Picard, I wasn't done talking to you. He's like, well, don't you – have you figured out a solution yet? I'm like – she was there for two minutes where she followed you up here. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, so I, I thought Worf was going to bridge, sh- And he's like, Dude, him. You know, like, nobody knows what the fuck is going on. It's like, who the hell is this kid? Yeah. <laughs> like, even Data's sort of nonplussed, like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, the cr- Crusher got a little weird, too. She's like, oh, you remind me so much of my boy. <laughs> Settle down. Yeah, so... uh. Crusher drags him uh, by the scruff of his neck back to the captain's room. 
and says, I'm not done talking to you. Let's go discuss this in private so I don't <laughs> embarrass you in front of the adults. <laughs> you may notice your body has changes. Nope. No hair where You're... there was hair before. <laughs> and hair where there was no hair before. <laughs> yes, you might find hair growing from strange places like your scalp. Like your... <laughs> <laughs> So of course, that would only last for, like, what? Four or five more years? Right. <laughs> he should already be going through some, you know, balding by now. With a trail of hair wherever he walks right the ship. <laughs> Back. Alright, so, um, go into the captain's ready room. Eddie immediately starts talking shop with Beverly. Oh, we'll need to set up a shuttle bay for triage. I'm really excited about all these dead scientists. Distract, 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 distract. Yeah. Working. Look at me, I'm working. Working so hard. Work, work, work. So Crusher slams on the brake and says, uh, look, you may be thinking straight now, but we don't know what the fuck has happened and what's going to happen. What if your brain continues <clears> to think? <throat> continues? Well, whatever. <laughs> uh, so, um... Finally, realizes, oh, you're going to make me step down for command. And she's like, no, dumbass. You know you need to do that already. But ultimately, you know, if she can't talk him into doing it himself, she is there to say, I'm relieving you of command. I really wanted him to cross a line there, though, and be like, Beverly, I'm the same man who sent your husband to his death. <laughs> <laughs> She like runs out of the room crying. <laughs> the main bridge. She like run out of the room and straight to a turbo lift. <laughs> straight to a turbo lift. Uh, straight to Troy's office, but Troy's on Ted forward eating chocolate. <laughs> you stand around, look confused at Worf, then swivel back and go back to ops. <laughs> All right, now let's get you a bath, young man. <laughs> All right, so. Picard walks up the bridge, hands over the keys to Riker. And I like how Riker's got this look in his face like, finally, my shot. <laughs> Again. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even have to try to kill him this time. <laughs> it didn't have to be an accident. Meanwhile, Gannon and Roe are wandering the hallways unsupervised. <laughs> Uh, and Gannon's like, so what you want to do? Want to play some games? She's like, no, I'm going to go to my room and be miserable because I'm real Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Gannon's not having this. Um, so she's basically going to follow her and force her to have fun against her will. <laughs> <laughs> Which is illegal in this century. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was debating making a, um, a play date rape joke, but... Uh... Yeah, I kind of like how Gan Guinan's whole purpose in this episode is just to troll Ro. Yeah. Like, As opposed like, to Picard. Oh, man, this bitch is pain in the ass. I'm going to make her laugh hell. And that'll be fun. Well, Picard oh. isn't giving much reaction. He it he's just all going work, 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 work. So clearly, she's going to have to choose 
to go to a uh, more interesting target. Really, Gaiden is the only one who seems to be reacting naturally to this situation. Yeah, so she's, she's pretty much kind of, Well, yeah, she's kind of like, oh no, I'll have to grow up again. I get a second childhood. Boo fucking who. I might get to live another 500 years. Right. Ah, <laughs> uh, but now it's time for the best part of the episode. Yes, it is. <laughs> brace yourselves. Everybody brace yourselves. <laughs> Here we go. Strap in. All right, so Keiko is attempting to water her orchid, and she has to get a little steppy stool to do it. Oh, my God. Uh, O'Brien, meanwhile, looks like he's about to throw the fuck up. <laughs> like he's glancing at it from the corner of his eyes, like across the room. He's sitting there with his legs crossed with his hands over his crotch. <laughs> like, but it's like how it looks bad. Like, I can't tell if it's O'Brien being ill at the situation or if Cole Mini's just very uncomfortable with this. <laughs> but it's, it's after the fact guilt. It's like, it's not like he's afraid something is going to happen. It's like on Dateline when they say that you're free to go, but you know the cops are outside. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so ex- you have experience with that sensation do you <laughs> i was just there for the cookies man i don't really think that's very relatable but you know whatever either way though o'brien is having some serious second thoughts about this whole child bride business first thoughts were fine second thoughts a little rough <laughs> I don't see what the problem is though. So, I mean, he's Irish, so he's hung like an infant. So it's like <laughs> it's like she's not even going to notice he's there, <laughs> even with her being Oh Jesus! Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's right, podcast community. You can't fire us. We quit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can say whatever the hell we want now. Kilby can't pull the plug anymore. We're doing that to ourselves. Right. You hear that, Don? We're coming for you. <laughs> We're coming for you, Don. <laughs> so who's William? Why are Will? Why why are you doing that heavy breathing back there? <laughs> oh. I'm not heavy breathing. <laughs> You're heavy breathing. <laughs> I was laughing. Do you still hear it? Because I'm totally holding my breath. <laughs> no, we don't, and that's kind of the problem, isn't it? <laughs> You're breathing right now. All right, so Keiko predictably goes off on Miles. Miles Edward O'Brien, have you been <laughs> drinking again? I can't possibly understand why he's having an issue with this. That's the thing about Keiko. She can't for a second understand why, why he's acting weird. Miles is like, You're 10 years old. She's like, actually, it's closer to 12, so what's the problem? Right. <laughs> oh, well, when you say that. <clears throat> I think Keiko's like, does this mean our marriage is over? I was like, well, hold up now. <laughs> not Let's yet. not get crazy. Maybe I'm have enough resistance years. so it was believable. Now, I do like the, the little key <laughs> thing where they both set down their drinks at the same time. That was cute. All right, but then we get the call of cuteness from the other room. And, uh, oh, and before that, we have Miles being a complete jerk that just, oh, be careful with the coffee. It is hot. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is your wife you're talking to. And she's 12 years old, not five. Well, yeah, but in his mind, she's, you know, 10 at most. 
<sighs> and as we see right. in Deep Space Nine from how he treats like a computer system, <clears throat> he's a very overprotective parent. All right, so Molly calls out from the other room. Um, this girl they got playing Molly is impossibly cute. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it's like it's the same Molly they use all through Deep Space Nine too. Yeah, uh, I'm fairly certain she's advanced CGI because they're human <laughs> be that adorable. Yeah, they've really come a long way. Yeah, <laughs> should, they've really come away since uh, that Monsters Inc. That would the have had character. to have. And this episode aired when? That's some really advanced CGI. <laughs> Well, it's Pixar. You know, they're very good. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's going to blow. Get out of there. Maybe we should have him switch the tablet. <laughs> I like how Keiko just cannot seem to grasp the fact that she has the body of, like, a 12-year-old now. That she's like, oh, I'm your mommy. Do you want to hear a story? And is just shocked when when uh, the baby's like, no, you're not mommy. Really, you couldn't have seen that coming? I think she's trying to do sort of the same thing Picard is trying to do, except she doesn't have a starship to command to bury her insecurities in. Yeah, she's yeah, no she Picard. she command to bury her insecurities in. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Alright, so, um... Miles reluctantly comforts Keiko... Because Molly doesn't recognize her, blah, blah, blah. How sad. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Picard is playing dress-up with clothes that don't fit him. And admiring his luxurious new head of hair. <laughs> Apparently he's forgotten the replicators are a thing, and he can replicate a uniform that fits. <clears throat> yeah, because he makes that reference about his tailor, and then I suddenly started daydreaming about the Starfleet tailor and what his life must be like. Really boring. I bet just the brother of the Bolian barber. <laughs> Goddamn Bolians coming over here taking off our jobs. <laughs> taking the jobs that humans don't want. You know, I bet a Bolian would refuse to make a science division uniform because he thinks it's like cultural appropriation. <laughs> oh my god. Oh yes, I've heard about your Smurfs. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so Troy finally stops eating her chocolate ice cream to come do her job. <clears throat> she savored every last bite. Yeah, she swirled the chocolate on the outside. <laughs> no, Jesus Christ. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so she's like, okay, so here's the deal, Captain. You're 12, and, like, maybe the crew will get used to it, but no one else in Starfleet is going to buy this shit. Yeah, so, no one's going to take you seriously. What a terrible thing to say to somebody. It's but true. true. Well, yeah, but jeez. So, so what? Should the should she and her position of counselor lie to him about it? Well, yeah, yeah she's a counselor. That's her job is to t tell everyone everything's going to be okay when it's clearly not. Yeah. <laughs> That's it's what therapists feel better do. immediately, not to solve any problems. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, otherwise, how do they keep those like years and years relationships of heavy, heavy billing? <clears throat> right. <laughs> You don't want to cure your patient, because then they go away and you can't charge them anymore. Yeah. This is why I don't believe in therapy. <laughs> in this episode, we discovered XV's a Scientologist. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not wealthy enough for that. <laughs> but 
it is, I think it is an interesting conversation. She's like, well, you know, you have a second chance at life. You could do this. You should probably drop out, go back to Starfleet uh, Academy, take some classes, or, you know, go do archaeology stuff. Do whatever you want. He's like, or, you know, and then what? come back, be the youngest admiral in Starfleet ever. And yeah. I was like, I was half expecting. Now, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. What is she thinking Picard is going to do to get him punished by be, uh, to get him the punishment of being promoted to Admiral? Yeah, actually, the way he is right now, he has a better chance of going and being promoted to Admiral, because then they can just stick him behind a desk somewhere. Right. <laughs> so why don't we get those? Like, like, Troy says, okay, maybe we should consider not being a captain of a starship right now. And Picard's response is, well, what would I possibly do? I don't know. Maybe the archaeology thing that you always about quit the Enterprise to go do full time. Right. Well, the thing yeah. You were doing I mean, at, at the that, beginning of the episode. At that if point, only you had a hobby. <clears throat> yeah. It's just at that point, though, he's still focused on. I've been in space for thirty years. I don't know how to not be that anymore. You know. Yeah. I've kind of forgotten how to be someone who's not in command of a starship. That's why you skipped from the there, best part of that exchange, though, where Wesley when Crusher's she says roommate. go back to the academy, and he says, "And be what Wesley Crusher's roommate?" <laughs> yeah, I yeah. love that. <laughs> He's like, "Fuck no, I am not doing that." Yeah. Imagine I, those conversations, though. Like, hey, I banged your mom. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got your dad killed. Yeah, it's not even over Xbox. It's like for real, <laughs> right? <laughs> so. I think, too, um, going back to the Picard doesn't know how to not be a captain, I think at the same time, even Troy is kind of grasping for the alternatives because she is trying to have this conversation. She walks over to the desk and looks at his pile of Pier 1 rejects. Um, <laughs> and like you can see in the way she's reading the line, the look on her face when she's saying it, you could go back to archaeology, you know, it's kind of like just in that yeah, moment she's ticket. coming up with something to suggest to him to say you've got more to you than just being the captain of a starship. But having to find what it is first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, she's one table away from telling him to become a professional flute player. <laughs> <laughs> you like flutes, right? Yeah, this is like Pimp Your Ride, where they take this one minor aspect of something you like and then blow it completely out of proportion. Oh, so, where would you like flutes? So we turned your car into a flute with flutes inside, and the steering wheel has been replaced with a flute. Thanks. Yo, dog. Yeah. But then we get some techno babble, so it makes it all worthwhile. <laughs> oh, no, the techno babble is yet to come. <laughs> now, this is bio babble. Biology uh, with Beverly. <laughs> yeah, so Crusher is whinging on about puberty and multiple letters that make you pubescent or something. I don't know. <laughs> and it's got something to do with plants, and she fixed one of them. Well, um, the plants underwent the same process as the people, but unlike the people, she can make the plants grow faster. So plants because... go through puberty too? Biology with Beverly. <laughs> I'm really not following what the fuck is going on. <laughs> like the whole plant thing just confuses the entire episode. Oh, like, well, they gotta cut that out. I mean, wait. well, even Riker, even Riker's like, um, could you explain this in human terms? And then she goes, <laughs> no. And then she keeps rambling. <laughs> well, and, and then Riker just looks at her like, God damn it. Okay, so if the plant thing confuses it. Then also, when we cut to the cargo bay, it should get even more confused. Yeah, so apparently uh, the shuttle was going through anti-puberty as well. 
Well, that's how you get runabouts. <laughs> oh. Obviously. So I, I guess, you know, when a cell reaches a certain age, it starts growing the cells in new places. <laughs> Gets a warp core spine, you know. Gets longer and girthier. It really bothered me that it's just called Shuttlecraft 2. Like, isn't that where you're supposed to give your, like, lesser, like, public figures name things? Like, you I wouldn't have, the... like, the USS Jesse Jackson, but he'd get, like, a Shuttlecraft. Yeah, it was the Fermi. <laughs> yeah, it was the Fermi, yeah. And according to, the, according to the debris in the shuttle bay or the cargo bay, it was Shuttle 16. Oh, okay. You got me there. Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. That's like 14 whole numbers difference. <laughs> Almost. 14 whole numbers or at least 28 partial numbers. Well, really at least 15 partial numbers. No, I know what I said. Oh my god. And then? In the basement. Uh, <laughs> Alright, so... um, In the Gaia memory... Row no, and the gun. are hanging out in Rose quarters. Uh... And Gunner says the most, you know, natural thing about hanging out with Ro Laren. Well, this is a lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> this is boring. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised that Ro has anything at all in her quarters. Like, I expect her bed to be made of, like, military crates with, like, a sheet <laughs> on top of it. <laughs> Well, I mean, think about when they have a guest come on board the Enterprise and they assign them quarters. Like, the quarters are all furnished already, even with, like, decorative stuff. I think all Ro has is just that, like, starter kit. I think Ro defurnished her quarters. <laughs> she just, like, crammed all the furniture back into the room. I want to have, like, a velvet painting of an orb. <laughs> <laughs> a little icon of uh, the Kai. <laughs> Yes, it's like a like Eastern European Orthodox looking. Or do you get like those uh, those Catholic candles with like picture of like Kai Wynn on it? <laughs> well, she's wearing the uh, she's wearing the headband, so she's wearing the do rag. So, all right. So uh, this whole conversation is basically Guy and taunting Roe for not having a childhood. Like, uh, I'm sure you had all kinds of fun. In like the that time those Cardassians camp. gave you the candy and then made you watch your father get beaten to death. <laughs> <laughs> and made you eat the candy so you associate the sweetness with pain. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Cardis. <laughs> and then somehow she tricks Ro into jumping on the bed. Sure. With the lamest pickup line with, I bet you were a jumper. Yeah. She wasn't talking about jumping in the bed. She's talking about, like, you're probably one to jump off a building, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Like, uh, we didn't have buildings tall enough to hurt if you jumped off them. We all had holes in the dirt. You know, if this was a different kind of episode and they had more budget to work with, I would have liked them just every time they cut back to Rowan Gunn and they were in the holodeck doing some other weird program. <laughs> Like, Guinan is trying to explore her second childhood, and she's making Ro come with. So every time they're doing something really goofy, and Ro is just miserable sitting in the corner. <laughs> or, like, what if they kept it more than one episode? Because the next one's Fistful of Datas, isn't it? So, like, imagine the kids in that scenario. 
See, I'm trying to imagine like guy in a row like distributing all the childhood things. Like like they're adventuring in the the Goonies. <laughs> <laughs> now they're in the Sandlot. I <laughs> uh, see. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, the adults are talking. <laughs> um, basically, all boils down to yeah, we think we can fix them. Yes, because they finally techno babbled an explanation for why uh, the the people and the plants and the shuttlecraft walls all uh, depubertied. Yeah, but now this is less than halfway through the episode, by the way. So at this point, I'm like, oh, okay, good. They have a solution. It should be over in a few minutes. And like right before they make a decision to do it, oh, Riker gets a call. I'm like, god damn it! <laughs> we were so close. Here comes the B plot, <sighs> which is. No, the thing is, is that, okay, so, yet the techno babble that they come up with still doesn't explain why uh, the shuttle craft went back to its component part elements or something. Well, there's it's, also the, like, the doesn't make a lot of sense. There's also like unless a, unless the shuttle craft is or is organic, like uh, like is this is this shuttlecraft from Farscape? <laughs> baby leviathan <laughs> so there's also the problem of like okay so this energy field was masking a specific part of their patterns and because the information wasn't there the transporter then just put everything it had back together and somehow reconstructed them as intact children sure okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's a lot of and the fact that, oh, yeah, we conveniently still are, still have this stuff in the pattern buffer. Yeah, that's not how pattern buffers work. No, it's a buffer. Right. It goes away when you're done with it. That's what buffers do. Especially since those transfers are getting a whole lot of use uh, in the intervening part of the episode coming right. up. Um, no, there's now, a to... whole lot of hand-waving going on to make this plot work. And we haven't even got to the worst part of this episode. Now, I would though. accept it if the missing parts somehow uh, wound their, found their way into a Joe Peck in the basketball. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's like the worst game of Clue ever. <laughs> Keiko in the mess hall in a bioneural gel pack. <laughs> or if the missing parts like formed like a fifth person. Or like, because I mean, they all four of them shouldn't have been intact. Like, one of them should have been a drooler at least. <laughs> Kill me. <laughs> but as stupid as all this is, the stupidest part is still coming up. Now, one thing I'd like to point out is, like, up on the bridge this episode, I don't know who it is, but the little Helms woman they have up there, she's adorable, but she looks like Lime Cat. Oh, yeah, Ensign Bangs. I like her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she she's like one of, she's one of my favorite uh, occasionally recurring background crew persons. Uh, also, we will see in this in a shot later on the bridge. There's the uh, yellow uniform woman with the spiky hair. Oh yeah, she turns up a lot in the background too, and she's always cool looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hints <laughs> and <some> bangs. <laughs> <laughs> but see, the problem is Riker calls her that, so it's basically an HR disaster <laughs> wedding to happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so suddenly two Klingon birds of prey decloak and start busting up shit. Red Fucking alert and Burrell class. Picard needs to get to the bridge for this. Okay, well, okay, so wait a minute. Okay, first of all, okay, 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 wait. So they get over on this planet, and the birds of prey decloak and start firing immediately, but the Enterprise's shields are already up. Automatic response. 
When do they like raise, just go around with their shields up all the time? That doesn't happen. Yeah, shouldn't the Enterprise have just blown the fuck up? Yes, it should have by two giant ass. <laughs> okay, bro- here's the thing. Picard wasn't on the bridge to tell Worf no. So he's like, oh, well, he's not here. I'm going to keep the shields up all the time. <laughs> we are we are arriving on a planet that has something going on. I'm going that uh, we have we are not able to we are not in contact with these uh we are. We have not been able to contact these scientists. We don't fully know the situation. I'm keeping the shields up. So it's kind of like when the parents aren't home, you turn the AC down really low or something, you know. Oh, they're not here to know. Well, no, when the parents aren't home, you leave every light in the house on. That's more analogous, I think. Yeah, yeah, much better. Even the ones in the walk-in closets. <clears throat> doesn't accomplish anything. You're just doing it because you can. Right, right. Fine, I'll get the shields up. All right. So, the Enterprise is getting his ass kicked by two birds of prey. Okay, that makes sense. Well, it seems how it gets his ass kicked by one bird of prey later on in the movie, so... Well, there was a reason for that, though. There's no reason for this. Uh, okay, so... Look, they fired one phaser at one of them once. <laughs> <sighs> okay, so a lot of this battle footage is reused from yesterday's Enterprise. Mm. Um, and in that episode, they again establish... Like, two birds of prey are a suitable match for the Enterprise in terms of, like, one-to-one combat level. So, I can kind of see this being credible. I guess. Except! Except for who's piloting. We'll get to that. So, um, the Enterprise is doing very, very poorly. And then Data announces uh, that they're being boarded. So, smash cut to Picard approaching a turbo lift, and the door is open, and it's not a Nausicaan for some stupid reason. <laughs> because you know what? Nausicaans would have made a lot more sense in this episode than Ferengi. Yes, they fucking would have. But Nausicaans aren't funny. Um, well, neither are these Ferengi. Uh, these are very un-Ferengi-like <clears throat> Ferengi. Well, that's because that's they're not part of the Alliance. These Ferengi have the ability to dodge phaser beams. These Ferengi are violent and cruel. And they're more like stupid. season one Ferengi. Yeah. Um, they're not clever. And there's only like eight of them. And they've got tattoos on their heads. Well, that's a pretty standard thing, Ferengi thing. Yes, the, the old Ferengi military would tattoo their rank on their forehead. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yep. Huh. There's little uh, C marks, and they go next to the Ferengi Alliance symbol that don't rank. Yep. Well, I'm learning all sorts of shit tonight. <laughs> yeah, they're my peoples. I know them. <laughs> <laughs> have you gotten a new Ferengi sticker for your new car? I have, yes. Oh, I've good. Good. The trifecta again. We need to like put a picture or something, just at least of the stickers. Ah, okay, I'll get around to it. Um, yeah. So the Ferengi beam into the bridge. Uh, they immediately take out Worf. Uh, Riker dived to the ground for no reason at all. It, it almost like he sort of trips on his shoelaces. I almost oh, wonder if there wasn't supposed to be an effect shot overlaid over that. Oh, I'm sure there was, but well, it's just no. hilarious. He's like, oh! No, you have to understand, though, is like there's always a 1 in 20 chance that the Riker maneuver fails and you critical fumble. That's what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> tried to do a leg lift. And, oh, shit! So... These eight Ferengi quickly take control over the thousand crew on the Enterprise. 
This is so good. And all the security teams and everything. This is so stupid. I hate this. I hate it, guys and gals. It's so dumb. <laughs> this, I literally understand. How could, like, eight Ferengi take over a galaxy-class starship? This is the stupidest fucking thing. But this is the least believable thing in an episode where they de-puberty a, sh- a shuttlecraft. Yes. <laughs> it's like, sure, these roses don't have pubes anymore, but I'll buy that. It bothered me that no, like, no-name security guy tried to, like, make a go at them. Like, when they start, tele- like, transporting down the adults, they just sulk towards the transporter, like, okay, you got us. Like, they couldn't have, like, some day player just, like, jump at one and get shot by the phaser. And their phasers were only set on stun, because otherwise Worf would be dead. Right. I mean, the whole thing, just, I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. It's not believable. I can't even, like, get on board with this. Well, Data also had, like, three different chances to disarm two of the Ferengi on the bridge. <sighs> Being that, you know, he's faster and stronger and probably has better reaction More time alive. than three Ferengi, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, another thing is, like, okay, the Ferengi flat-out state, we're going to beam all the adults down to the surface, and we're going to leave the children here on the ship. Yeah. Can you smell that? Can you smell the ham? It's like, we're just going to telegraph what's going to happen. They're obviously saving them for dinner. <laughs> like, is these friend gear supposed to be as brutal as they're <clears throat> supposed to be here in this episode, inexplicably? Why wouldn't they send the kids to work in the mind? I know. I mean... Well, they're leverage. They never call them out as leverage. Well, they kind of do. A little later, yeah, a little later they they do. But that was also part of a plot of the from the crew. But we'll get to that. <laughs> God. All right. So the de-aged adults are hanging out in the nursery um, with Alexander, which is the worst hell they could put them in. <laughs> That's, what, that's when they decide we have got to fucking do something about this. We're hanging out with Alexander. I mean, honestly, right now, Picard is in hell because, A, his ship was taken over by Ferengi, like, Adel. setting everything else aside. And as a result of that, the Ferengi have put him in a room with nothing but children. But he does find a little table to do a to do a little uh, senior staff meeting, though, which is cute. <laughs> <laughs> the door was like a little senior staff meeting. Yes, Picard assembled How his cute. They're playing Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Picard's like saying, okay, we need to get some phasers to come up with a tactical plan to kill everyone. <laughs> it should be hard. There's only eight targets. Gunn's like, hold up. We're kids. We're not supposed to run with these phasers. <laughs> so we should have a, we should have a uh, montage over fun music, and then that's how we get rid of the Ferengi. See, see, what we need to do is get a trench, get two trench coats. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I got a suggestion is you know, we should solve this like children would solve it. Other than use our adult brains, come up with a good plan. Right. Yeah. No, we need hijinks. We need to become 
the little rascals. <laughs> Starfleet babies. They'll make their dreams come true. Finger dreams, maybe. <laughs> Alright, so, um... The friend can keep Riker on the bridge, because they need him. He locked out the computer, so they can't do shit. Uh, which has them irritated. Um... Uh, but they're basically just turning the thumbscrews on Riker, saying, we're putting your crew to work in the mines, cooperate, unlock the ship, or we'll make bad... Oh, and uh, by the way, these mines incredibly hazardous. That's a really nice crew you have, Riker. It'd be a shame if something happened to them. So their plan is to sell the Enterprise. They want to find a buyer for the flagship of the Federation. Well, yeah. I mean, they say they're going to sell it on the Romulan market, so that shouldn't be hard. They, a question, though, would the Romulans buy the Enterprise? I'm like, sure, they love to have the tech, but it seems like awfully obvious for them. Yeah. So they, so they, there'd be collusion they would, with the Russians, of course. Well, yeah, they would do it so, through, like, shell companies and shell organizations. I mean, we would, yeah, you'd never be able to find them. It just seems like if a Fergie came up to the Romulans saying, you want to buy the Enterprise? <laughs> the Romulans would say, uh, no thanks. <laughs> yeah. How like, about you give it to us? Like... Well, that too. The, everything about the Fringy's plot here makes more sense if it's Noskins doing it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because the Noskins are stupid and they're violent. <laughs> they would totally try to do something like this. Okay, there is another problem, though. The average Fringy is 4 foot 8 inches tall. The average Nausicaan is 7 foot 8. Kind of hard for children to interact with effectively. Well, the Hirogen can be shrunk down. See, not... see that that that's when you have one child on another shoulders <laughs> under a trench coat. <laughs> My God. <laughs> All right. So, uh, meanwhile, back in the nursery, uh, <laughs> Picard is trying to talk to the baby computer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so he's got this 24th century C and say. <laughs> <laughs> Card's like, can you erect level one security force fields? And the computer is like, the targ says move. <laughs> <laughs> can you spell enterprise? Yeah. No, I'm very sort about it. Shut up. Although Gaia does, you know, is smart and goes, we well, have to ask you the right questions in the right way, and then it's actually helpful. So that's kind of nice. Although somehow from just like a close-up on one forward quarter of the Enterprise saucer section, Picard is able to plot a route to engineering through the Jeffries tubes. Yeah, I noticed that too. That annoyed the show me as well. One that doesn't show a uh, plot that doesn't so show the Jeffries tubes at all. Because of, of course they're not going to be on the standard uh, on the standard map. You so, don't go to the through the Jefferies tubes to get to a place. So you know, one step forward, two steps back. Yeah, I kind of imagine like the kids' map of the Enterprise is like the map you get when you go to Six Flags. Right, kind of looked like like it. it's got big old caricatures like Beverly down at Six Bay and Here, here's the Cetacean Lab. Go say hi to the dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> it's got all, all the, the gift shops located on it. <laughs> don't poke Mister Wharf. <laughs> <laughs> Picard's like, Picard's like. It a has a, the uh, a the writing room has a big grumpy Picard face on it. 
So one thing I like is that uh, Picard mutes the audio for the computer. Yes. No, no. Which is no, I do every single time I go through like a, a self-checkout somewhere. It's like, I'm turning this voice off. He doesn't He doesn't mute the audio. He deletes the audio. Deletes it. Yes. <laughs> no audio for anyone ever again. Also, before he leaves, he has to make sure he steals Alexander's toy. <laughs> Well, that's Which, when you think about it, is the 24th century edition of Ball in a Cup. Like, that is a <laughs> very, very low-tech toy for the times they're living in. Well, yeah. it's Alexander. Yeah. Well, you have to use your hands. What is it, a baby toy? I mean, you know, <laughs> Alexander already has run it into Picard's ankle at least once, <laughs> which is why he takes it away from him. I think it's still a little bit beyond Alexander's speed, even at this, you know, low-tech level. Yeah, I like when he rams into Picard. Picard's immediate response is, what the fuck? <laughs> Except he says in the Picard way of, what the devil? <laughs> yes, the very Frenchman way. <laughs> yes. Poor Alexander. So from the from the port forward part of the saucer, they, cl- they crawl 20 feet, make it to main engineering. What? Well, uh, the, <clears throat> some of the Jeffries tubes... Uh, have ladders. Others are just chutes. No, oh, you get right one, you can slide you. straight on down. Yeah, all the way down to Candyland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but these are the same ladders that are on Voyager that uh, you can't <laughs> really slide down. God damn it! You can. It's like, it makes more of a thump, 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 thump noise, and you go a lot <laughs> faster. You may not be conscious when you finally get to your destination, though. <laughs> or no, you you just go down one deck at a time. Thump. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, because the door is closed underneath, and you gotta open the hatch. You can go down the... Yeah, it, it opens the second after you hit it. <laughs> so like Homer Simpson. Oh, do do do. Actually, the no, Voyager actually has a special design thing to go to multiple floors at once, where the door is open, but they put a little cloth awning out to break your fall at each level. <laughs> break away with Velcro in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so at this point, uh, Picard executes uh, Operation Hijinks. Mm-hmm. Um, Which sadly does not involve enough uh, stepping on uh, sharp, broken Christmas ornaments. <laughs> no, this isn't Home Alone, unfortunately. Yeah, that's later this season. Uh, so uh, they're tricking stupid Ferengi left and right and stealing guns and... Uh, Keiko steals, or no, uh, Alexander steals the roofies. Yeah, I had to question Picard's uh, judgment here in sending Alexander out to do some of the work, being that he is legitimately five years old. Like, it's one thing for him and the others who are de-age to go, because they have the mental capacity of adults. Alexander is literally just a kid, and I think Worf would be kind of unhappy (laughs) to find out later. You did I, what? <laughs> you sent my son to battle? That's I'm fantastic. Awesome. <laughs> How many did he kill? Well, like don't Klingons like grow stupid fast too? Like I don't like full grown at like fifteen or something. Well, that's a thing they invented later just to kind of explain why Alexander, who was introduced in nineteen ninety one, is an adult by nineteen ninety seven. Oh. You know. Well, they introduced that that's for a reason to change actors. Because no more of this kid. Please. Well, you're Will? stuck with him for the rest of the series. Um, Will, 
Yes. You're doing it again. What I'm doing? I held my breath. Are, no, are you in a wind tunnel? No! <laughs> There's nothing going on here! <laughs> it sounds like you're hanging your head out of a 78 Buick going down the freeway. <laughs> I'm seated on a couch, holding my breath, not moving. <laughs> well then, stop your heart then, because you can hear that blood rushing through your earlobes. <laughs> This sounds like the most relaxing podcast experience one could possibly have. I'm sitting here on a couch, holding my breath, not moving. I made all the necessary precautions. I'm seated next to the router so I don't lose connection and like everything. Is your, is your router steam powered? No. Is it my router? Maybe that's is the it problem. Diesel? Is it part right, of a hydroelectric okay, so... system? <laughs> no, right, so... there's nothing going on. <laughs> Are you next to a fan? No, no we fan? have no fans. <laughs> <laughs> I well we have there's that engineer nerd guy. No. I paid him. He's a Russian troll. Even if we did have, <laughs> even if we did have fans, we wouldn't have them anymore uh, after this week and all of Will's random background noises. Yeah, the racism's fine. The background noises <laughs> cannot be. <laughs> Come for the Deal racism, breaker. stay for the fan. <laughs> if I look, learned... see, on the racism thing, here's the thing with your racism, Scott. It's not funny. Oh my god. Well, yeah, that's extrapolate yeah. on that. The thing with Scott is that he's just not funny. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's because he's Basically. Irish. <laughs> There's too much potato in his blood for humor. It's all starch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so like a, a blood alcohol level, it's a blood starch level. It's getting low. I need a French fry. Well, she's Irish, so it is blood alcohol level too. But... <laughs> yeah. Well, I think in this case, since he's Irish, it would actually be an alcohol starch level. There's, there's no blood, it's just alcohol and Guys, starch. look, I'm already hungry and thirsty. Don't torture me. <laughs> I'm just saying baked potatoes. God damn it, stop. <laughs> All I'm saying that's... is potato vodka. Yeah, that's what vodka is. <laughs> oh, you can make vodka out of anything. <laughs> Spend time in prison. <laughs> All right, now, may we continue? Please. Yes, we have absolute silence again. Okay, so now the crew has uh, gathered their weapons and roofies from the ship and got everyone in position. Picard has one final thing to do. He's got to get onto the bridge. But how? There's only one way to do that. <clears throat> to throw a hissy fit. <laughs> and it is a magnificent hissy fit. <laughs> that becomes all the more amazing. If you imagine Patrick Stewart doing it, so that's, <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. exactly what I told Dick. Yeah. Dennis. No, that's exactly what I was doing. <laughs> you know, it would have been great if they would have dubbed over the child actors with the regular actors, so they were, you know, <laughs> child bodies, but they sounded like themselves. <laughs> All right, so the Fergie drags Picard up to the conference room. Oh, best scene. Raquel's, what the fuck? <laughs> Picard just yells, Dad! And runs up and hugs him. 
Which, again, if you imagine Patrick Stewart doing that. (laughs) Well, Patrick Stewart would do it and it would be funny. (laughs) Captain Picard, not so much. (laughs) All right, so um, Picard is talking to Riker in code. I'm saying, all of us kids are bored. I wish we could play computer games, but the computers are locked out. Could you unlock the computers for us? Wink. Wink. I know the Fringy made Daddy turn off the main computer. Okay, Riker, stop saying it that way. (laughs) Well, Riker has only had one context for the use of Daddy in his life. (laughs) And it's not this one. Right. Yeah, I think he just called his dad by his first name, didn't he? Right. He's my number one dad. That was... (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that was a good but one. yes, I love how they hug and then smile. How like cheesy it is, and how the friend is like, "Ugh, gross." Well, what I'm expecting here though is that Riker misunderstands Picard, and all he does is he turns off the family filter for the internet. <laughs> oh, safe search is off. All right. Now the one thing about this scene, okay, yes, the thank you number one. He's my number one dad. I just want to see Riker sitting there with a number one dad mug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all fun and games until Troy sees it and goes, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I like they go through all that, you know, display. And the Fergulet does not even care. He's like, yeah, eh, they just, they just seem disgusted. You got a little bit of a lip curl from him, yeah. But I don't think it's because he recognized the faux pas of him calling him number one. The Fringy probably even noticed that. Right, that's what I was thinking too. I was watching this like, yeah, I don't think they're really like in tune with this. They could say fucking anything they wouldn't understand. All right, so uh, meanwhile in the captain's ready room, the Fringy in charge of the ship is doing something? Uh, uh, Damon Wayans. <laughs> <laughs> have you been having that one in your back pocket well, since the Ferengi beamed on board I was just waiting for a natural place to name the commander that's brilliant <laughs> okay then <laughs> Damon Wayans is uh <laughs> he's trying to figure out how to crawl hey, a fish tank <laughs> well, he's, trying to, he's trying to eat uh, Lawrence or whatever the fish's name is Livingston Livingston is he? Because like, yeah. she's even in the scene. We just see him like groping it, like some awkward teenager at the prom. I think he's just trying to figure out how you get into the stupid thing. Yeah, I think he wants to eat the fish. I think that's. I'm pretty <laughs> sure he just wants to eat it, which would be great because it's a lionfish and it would kill him. <laughs> I don't know. It's a Ferengi. You can't prove that. Yeah, no, that's true. No, you're right. Yeah, they do eat like grub worms and shit. So yeah, you're right. And Sluggo Cola. Yes. The slimiest you drink in the galaxy. Cola. Oh my god. <laughs> Much better than that eel wasser. Eel wasser. <laughs> uh, fabulous. Alright, so um, <clears throat> more blah 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 posturing from the diamond of we'll kill your kids, cooperate. Yeah, villainy. Yeah. Now it's just in my stupidest Frankie to learn the computer system. <laughs> But it's hard to take him seriously when he's the guy who just let Riker 
unlock the games. Like if I were him, I would be like, "Fuck your games." Yeah, like they're a little forgiving for brutal captors, right? Well, we don't no, want the kids no, to get bored. No. You unlock the computer. Yeah, no. What's going on is he hasn't unlocked anything yet. He does that when he's explaining how to use the computer without the Ferengi noticing. Oh, that's true. And I do like how expressive the Ferengi are under all that makeup. Because you just keep getting one different befuddled look from another <laughs> from that guy. So, Riker agrees to unlock the computer as a ruse to unlock the child he, computer. He the... agrees to unlock the computer as a ruse to unlock the computer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is a good plan, honestly. Honestly, that's actually pretty brilliant. <laughs> Well, yes, you always hide a lie inside the truth. Do you know what else you hide? The script of Technobabble Riker has to read from tape to the monitor sitting right in front of him. That's probably not even taped to the monitor. They just probably have it in the you know the, the display inset. Which, it is pretty fun to watch, though. I, I love the, the Technobabble. If you look closely, you can see in Riker's eyes the reflection <laughs> of his soul that says... Why am I doing this Jordy bullshit? <laughs> Zoom and enhance. Zoom and enhance. This is some LeVar Burton nonsense I don't think you have to deal with. Well, okay, so like, I think watching the scene, it's important to step back for a moment and imagine if William Shatner was delivering these lines. And we'll see something to that effect next week on that one episode of Star Trek. Oh, we're done? That's it? Almost. That the outro? That was, oh, that wasn't the outro? Okay. Okay, so, meanwhile, uh, Operation Cunning Plan is in full effect, where the kids are walking around slapping comm badges on Ferengi, and teleporting them to the transporter room with force fields, rather than transporting them to the brig. Right. It's probably easier also, to set up a site to site from, you know, location to transporter room rather than from location to location. Also, why I mean I understand that combat just make it easier to lock onto people, but at the same time you can just scan for fringy life forms and and then get them. Again though, it's what? faster to just you know, when a combat is activated, transport that to Because otherwise they're to sweep the ship deck by deck and they may not have access to the full sensors, you know. Yeah, but that, my favorite one, though, is when Alexander goes, hey, you dropped this, and then just hands it to him, and he picks up and he teleports. <laughs> That's actually my favorite. Well, and, like, at the same time, too, Alexander's holding it in such a way where the Ferengi has to press on the combat to pick it up. Yeah. So, like, it makes sense for it to chirp and then beam him away. Oh, you gotta, you're probably all just as surprised as I am that Alexander didn't actually click it himself. <laughs> <laughs> he ends up in the room with him. So why don't they just beam the Fringy out into space? Well, they're still Starfleet. They want to kill them. That'd be that'd be awful. That'd be cruel. Well, I know, but fuck them. Oh no, I agree. <laughs> no, no. Well, only two of them are Starfleet. Oh my god. Well, yeah, the Culpable deniability. <laughs> they're gonna trick Alexander to do it, and the blood will be on his conscience. No, well, the, the blood will be on his glory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And they put a com badge on Alexander's little hover car thing, too, and use that. Because that makes sense. Uh-huh. Yeah. Especially since it runs into the Ferengi in one direction, the com badge is visi- clearly visible on the opposite end. But it still works. 
Yeah. It makes as much sense as the rest of this episode. Also, I would like to see the variation of this plot where it's adult Picard, Guinan, Ro, and Keiko <laughs> that have to retake the ship. Just because, like, you know, there's an A-team. If they actually did an A-team kind of thing, they would have to have Barkley on the team. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, they would. They literally would. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so with all but the bridge Ferengi is captured, uh, Picard heads up on the turbo lift and surprises um, the second command Ferengi, who's being confused by Technobabble. Long enough for Riker to give him a good old Kirk-style double axe handle chop <laughs> over the back. Yeah. Which sends him flying face first into the set, and he dies there on camera. <laughs> Talk about overacting. Yeah. It's a great trick, but I can only do it once. <laughs> so Picard slowly walks into the ready room, phaser in hand. About five minutes pass by before he raises the phaser to point it at the Ferengi, who just sits there and takes it. Well, it took him like the five-minute turbo lift uh, trip up to the bridge for him to think of the one-liner he was going to use. So he was still like processing that. That's why he was acting a little slow. No, no, I'm uh, well. I mean, just the friend had plenty of time to raise up a weapon and shoot him. Yeah, the the captain never has a weapon in the ready room, though. That's what I don't understand. Like, I think he was just undefended. He might have a sidearm. I when guess. he walked on the bridge, well, yeah. he did have one of the well handguns on his hip. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah. He puts a handgun upon his hip. When I dip, you dip, we dip up a handgun. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> Alright, so, B-plot resolve. Let's resolve the A-plot in <clears throat> no time flat. So, in the transporter room, they transport Picard, and he comes back to being a life-size human real person. With rights. <laughs> but not with hair. Yes, unfortunately, yeah. Picard grew up, but his hair did not. So Beverly's like, anything problems? He's like, nope, it's fine. It was just for this episode. No lasting side effects. Everything seems smaller. Did you get my penis right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember him to lean this far forward to pee. <laughs> All right, so Guyana goes to visit Ro, because she's the last one to be... Pubertized. Wow. <laughs> Quick, everyone, into the pubertizer. And she's drawing with uh, Rose Art brand crayons. Yeah, with the foil around them. Weird. World War Three was hell on earth. Anyway, so they have a talk, blah, blah, blah. Being a kid's not so bad. Um, and then you don't have to go become an adult right away, so let's stay here and continue drawing with crayons. And that's why Ro was never seen again until season seven. <laughs> she literally had to grow up again. <laughs> yeah. This episode. Um, that was, uh, yeah, because the, the whole exposition of like them tying up a loose ends, it took like seven seconds. Although they never I, I, did actually <clears throat> say what happened to that science team they came to rescue in the first place. I yeah, well, they're no, all dead. Well, no, they were in the mines, and they freed the crew from the mines, and that was it. They just, like, mentioned, like, two words of it. 
Well, yeah, but they never said anything about, like, rescuing the science team. They just said they had the crew back. Oh, well, I assume this one includes a... One's a subset of the other, I assume. But, hey, who fucking knows in this episode? The science team wasn't part of the Enterprise crew, though. I think they died. I hope so. It would have been better, I think, in one way, if the Ferengi said, oh, there never was a science team. We faked that signal to get you here. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, this is a really terrible episode, but it's also a really great episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I guess yeah. was a really weird, fine line of being absolutely retarded and absolutely retarded. <laughs> <laughs> I think this might also be the last time O'Brien was on Next Generation. It is. It is. Yeah, I guess they got a little too close to being creepy frames. Like I said, I'm out. I'm I'm done with this shit. <laughs> Get what me a... far away from these idiots as possible. What a note to exit on. Mm. Was this the start of the torture O'Brien uh, motif? Somebody on Twitter suggested that when I tweeted out pictures of O'Brien and the child bride. <laughs> child bride. <laughs> How would you describe that scene? No, no, no. And why is Will right. clicking? Will's not clicking. Will's not doing anything. We're siloning a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think what, too, what did it sound like? I think you're too close to the router. Oh. Yeah, the, the waves don't have enough space between you and your microphone. <laughs> <laughs> the waves you're don't have enough room up. to expand between the router and your phone. Right. Am I still clicking? Nope. Okay, good. I'm sure it'll come back. Probably. Yeah. I mean, it's superhero time. It wouldn't be our show if somebody didn't sound terrible. (laughs) Don't we all usually sound terrible together? One big sweaty pile. I'm just amazed that none of those kids went anywhere. You know, like you can't look back and say, like, oh, that was Scar Joe's Ensign Row. I remember right. those days. <laughs> I'm glad that you know her by by her nickname. That's nice. <laughs> well, uh, we you, go way back. I mean, yeah, talk to Scar Joe often, do you? Young Picard oh, yeah. did go on to a house fire. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he was burning up the charts for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I hear at first it was just was the roof fire. that was on fire. <laughs> His mixtape was fire. <laughs> so this episode was directed by Adam Nimoy as well. Yeah. God damn it, Adam. Well, the directing's fine. Yeah, that's true. There's some neat shots and stuff. Competent, competent. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's competent. It's not I call amazing. Yeah. Well, probably most it's of the just effort... what I would expect from nepotism. <laughs> probably most of the effort was just huh. focused on Fair. getting the child actors to like emote like the adults would have. So huh, apparently, uh, Roe was uh, the plan was to have Roe be uh, the first officer of Deep Space Nine, but uh, Michelle Forbes. The, uh, Michelle Forbes series. turned it down, so instead they turned it. They essentially reworked Rose's uh, role into Kira. Yeah, <laughs> and it was better off that way. Probably. Yeah, Nana Visitor is a much better actress, I think. In in my opinion, she certainly brings something different to the series than Michelle Forbes would have. Yeah. 
Oh, gosh. charisma. <laughs> bro, bro Laren is such a such a waste of concept that she should have been on Voyager. <laughs> God. Make her the first officer of Voyager. Yeah, that would have been awesome. She could have disappointed everyone there instead of here. And see, that would have made sense, too, because uh, near the end of Next Generation, she does go off to join the Maquis. Mm-hmm. So she very well could have been in Voyager. Yeah. And she might have had the balls to stand up to Janeway. Oh, that would have been so <laughs> fucking rad. Of course, then you have to think, like, by season four and five, then it would have been the <clears throat> Janeway, Row and Seven show instead of just the Janeway and Seven show. I, I, I would be okay with that. They would have killed Roe before that. Although... If you could add a fourth uh, woman uh, in that in that circle, you could have basically Star Trek Golden Girls. <laughs> Pulaski. Yes. Yeah. Get the old the EMH with Pulaski. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I mean, you lose Robert Picardo, but maybe we can replace Kim with Picardo. We would lose... He's like, yeah, he's a 70-year-old ensign. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Lose a Picardo, gain a Sophia. Hmm. <laughs> Picture it! <laughs> Liza, 2370. <laughs> Good times. Well, I gotta write some fan fiction now, guys. <laughs> Actually, let's just try to imagine Troy's mom guest starring on Golden Girls. Oh, she would rock it. She'd fit in so well. Whose sister would she be? Mm. Blanche. Okay, I'll accept so she's that. She's not just full of herself and kind of a whore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. But she also judges Blanche for being all of those same things. Well, that's part of the fun is you're such a fucking hypocrite about it. <laughs> She's even already got like the perfect serious Golden Girl story to do with like the the daughter that she killed. I mean, uh, didn't save. I mean, um, <laughs> forgot about. Right. You'd be all self important with her, like you know, pottery and stuff. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Mm -hmm. Golden Girls, the next generation. <laughs> God yes. God yes. <laughs> And it's one of those things where it's like, I'm not even really joking, because I really do enjoy Golden Girls, and if you don't, you're lying. <laughs> yeah, um, it's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's a fucking great show. I mean, I watched it when I was a kid, I watch it now, it's still great. <laughs> I mean, there there is no sarcasm here when it comes to this. Yeah, I mean, it's fun to make jokes about Golden Girls, but at the same time, <clears throat> yes, it is actually a good show. Mm-hmm. Fantastic show. It's something nobody should be embarrassed about enjoying, except for you, Scott. Well, Golden Palace, however. Nope. Fortunately, nope. I was never uh, in a position to be able to watch that. Vertical? <laughs> sure. No, it's just like I watched Golden Girls in syndication on the weekends. Mm -hmm. um, like by the time I became aware of it, nobody was showing Golden Palace anymore. Well, yeah, that's that's I think there was a U.N. resolution about that. <laughs> People forget about the rest of the expanded Golden Girl universe, though, <laughs> with Empty Nest and nurses. Oh, no, 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 no. I do not forget about Empty Nest. I enjoyed that a lot when I was young. I don't know if I would have the same enjoyment of it now, because that's happened with a lot of stuff I liked when I was 10, 11 years old. But, um... 
Uh, see, that's what we need. We need a, a, a cinematic Golden Girls universe. <laughs> the GGCU. <laughs> the Infinity Walker. Oh, God. Uh, brilliant. There are a lot of good ideas this episode. Agents of Shady I mean, Pines. <laughs> the, the Star Trek episode sucked, but the podcasting was awesome. <laughs> I like the Star Trek episode. I mean, Rose I like Blanche, it. Dawn of Cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs> the team's been split apart and everything. See, this is where Lux- Loaxana could come in as like the Spider-Man cameo, you know? Oh, 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 Sophia, the first golden girl. <laughs> <laughs> from her time in World War II. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> geniuses. <laughs> Absolutely geniuses. So oh. next week our episode is going to be a piece of the action from the original series, uh which you may know better as Planet Gangster. All right. Uh, the silly gangsters, not the. Well, actually, I guess both kind of gangsters are silly, aren't they? Yeah, we're talking the yeah. See, those are gangsters. Yes, what, that kind. What were you thinking, Mickey? Well, the, silly like '90s gangsters. Oh. oh. Yeah, that would be a little bit ahead of its time, I think. Well, it's a show about the future, so. Of course, for them, that would be the past. Right. This is very confusing. Yes. Yeah, I've kind of I've gone cross-eyed. I think we were on a better track with the whole Golden Girls cinematic universe thing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Now we're talking about Golden Girls. <laughs> Life is wonderful. Did you see um, there's a Golden Girls version of Clue? <laughs> I'm Googling that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I pitched it to kill before like a TFCon game night. <clears throat> oh, it's not real. Rose with the plumber in the kitchen. No, no, it's a real no, no, thing. It is real. It is a real thing. I'm saying I pitched the idea of like using that for a TFCon game night to kill me. Oh my goodness, the box is beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you got to give us a link. On here. It's like the most 80s Golden Girls box you could imagine. It. Yeah, it's really good. I don't know. I can imagine it. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the Golden Girls Clue features a custom illustrated game board where players attempt to solve the crime of who ate the last piece of cheesecake, what they left at the scene of the crime, and which room they did it in. Oh, and by the way, though, uh, sorry, most of our listeners, for sale only in the United States and Canada. Sorry, Mexico. <laughs> Okay, what is this horse shit with green and yellow pieces? Oh. Uh... We've got the four golden girls. But uh green and yellow um are like blank faces. I think I think one of the I think the yellow one is Dr. Zayas. <laughs> okay. Like one see. of them should be Stanley. I think one on the left is Stanley. Look, he has a mustache. That is Stanley. No, that's um face. that's um Rose's boyfriend. Oh, Dick Van Dyke. Miles. Yeah. <clears throat> you know the name. Oh my god, the pewter pieces. <laughs> the pewter pieces. Hairspray, a dress, a purse, lipstick, a recliner chair, and a shoe. Open-toed shoe. And yeah, I think <laughs> on the far so right awesome. it's supposed to be Stanley. Oh god. 
I guess they didn't have the rights to those actors. Or they didn't want to bother trying to acquire them. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? They're not worth our time. My God. Okay, wait a minute. So the copyright is ABC, copyright 1935? I guess what? that must be for the. I guess that must be the clue, not for the Golden Girls. Yeah, yeah, it's like Golden Girls copyright ABC, clue copyright 1935 2017 Hasbro. Okay, all right, because that concerned me for a second. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> you was know really pissing me off about this when I look at it though. Hmm. Look at the floor plan of this house. Oh. Okay. That's not the floor plan of the Golden Girls. <laughs> Dude, it's Clue. You have to make some concessions. No! I <laughs> demand accuracy. Yeah, this is an affront. I mean, like, one <clears throat> entire side of the board should be studio audience. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. Yeah, no, I can't argue also, against Also, I think the... Uh, this is yeah, the a multi-camera is... sitcom board game. This is... The bathroom has a window into one of the bedrooms. Well, don't. Yeah, and actually, the couch is facing the front door, which is not correct. <laughs> That's actually insane. <laughs> Does that? <laughs> so I think what we need to do, we need to get this, but then also design our own board to play it on. That's accurate to the layout of the house as best we can interpret yes, it from yes. the show. Yeah, because I mean, for one thing, all the bedrooms aren't just directly off the living room either. There's a there's a nebulous hallway so they can shift to a you know farther away part of the set. I mean, I guess this makes sense for like gameplay purposes, but who cares about that bullshit? We want an accurate map of the Golden Girls house. Yeah, yeah. They, if they're gonna hit their core audience, they're gonna have to nerd it up a little. <laughs> I mean. Ideally, the best way to recreate the Golden Girls house would be as a custom wad for Doom. <laughs> <laughs> and also, where's the kitchen? Um, I think Dorothy's in the kitchen. Huh. That looks oh, like a there, stove. There's the kitchen. Okay, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, bottom my favorite part. My favorite part of all this is how seriously we're taking it. <laughs> Look, well, the Golden Girls clue is serious business. Oh, I and know. It's more believable than Rascals. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because we know old women exist. And when somebody eats the last piece of cheesecake, that's a fucking mystery we need fucking solved. <laughs> we need to know who did it and in which room and what clue they left behind. <sighs> All right. Well, it's going to be kind of a tone shift going to gangsters next week. That'll be fine. Yeah, I think we'll be able to handle it. Mm-hmm. In fact, my only regret with that is that it will not include Starfish Hitler or Aunt Capone. My regret is it won't include Will. Oh yeah, Will's here. <laughs> I, I, sure is. I can't <laughs> He's been a breath this entire time. I really have. Oh, I, uh, I kind of forgot when the that? clicking stopped. Are you doing City on the Edge of Forever? No. No, that's a good episode. Why would we cover it? Oh, that was the only gangster one I could think of. That's not a gangster episode. It's not? It's the third Nazi episode. No, no. I guess I'm just thinking of the the costuming is gangstery to me. 
Well, it is. I mean, I mean, that episode's hilarious because of Edith Keeler. Mm-hmm. Ah, splat. <laughs> <laughs> I need to start taking photos of her getting run over by things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if only you had some sort of like toy vehicles you could use. I think yeah. the first thing you should get for that is the um get down the Lego Volkswagen bus. Yeah. That'd be about the right size. Well, ideally the, the number one thing I want to hit with want to hit her with, which I don't actually have is the uh the first Enterprise. Uh... Oh wait, shit. I've got the Mega Bloks first. I can use it. Yeah. There you go. That'll make a much bigger dent too. Yeah. See, solving problems. That's what we do. Oh, do you have the uh, Playmates uh, Next Generation Shuttlecraft? No. Oh. I've got awesome. a roundabout. That would be perfect. Yeah. Have her get run over by the Defiant. Man, I should have got the Galileo Shuttlecraft when we saw it at that store. Why didn't you? I didn't feel like I needed it at the time. Now, of course, you know. <laughs> Hindsight. Hindsight 2020. <laughs> <laughs> That's the person talking about a time travel episode. Yeah, it makes sense, though. I mean, at the time, you didn't... Wait, well, who... Oh, yeah, because City of Nature Forever. No, at the time, though, you didn't think uh, you'd need something to run over Edith Keeler with. It's one of those things oh, you can't always... Really... solve itself, normally. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> I guess it wouldn't really be practical to have uh, Damar run her over. That, that'd be a little awkward. Yeah. Also, that toy is fucking trash. What, Edith Keeler? Yeah. Um, basically, you can sort of move her elbows and turn her head. Uh, her, her thing is just like one solid wedge of plastic. Great! Huh. Yeah. Yeah, later Next Generation figures were not as good. Um, like the later Playmate stuff. And that kind of ended up including a lot of the more interesting original series stuff they ended up doing. Sadly. Uh, the original series bridge crew set that was fucking fantastic. Those yeah, sculpts that are came out, dead on. Because that came out in ninety three, or maybe ninety two. Like that was yeah, still I've, fairly early. I've actually got that box in storage. I've got that set. One thing's kind of interesting though is that they're all on little blisters, like you see on a blister card, like glued to the the set. Mm-hmm. But there's actually a false wall that they're glued to that you can slide out, and there's a replica of it that doesn't have blister cards on it behind it. Oh, nice. Hmm. So you can actually take them out and not ruin the the, play, the diorama. Oh, good. Yeah, because that was yeah. when they still cared about this having, like, collector value. Yeah. Collector value once you open it up and take things apart, yes. Yes. <laughs> well, you know. Super nice. Baby steps. Yes, I need to come visit and see your new toys sometime. Yes, you do. See, in different contexts, that sounds creepy. That's why I didn't say I need to come over and play with his new toys. <laughs> The ones you keep in the basement. <laughs> Next to the warp core? Mm-hmm. No, I have the warp core. I bought it in Atlanta. Uh, with uh, that inexplicable ranger toy. Uh-huh. <clears throat> what? Red Turbo Ranger. Turbo, yes. So weird. Yeah. Yeah. And I bought the Lionel Richie album. That's also weird, but in a different way. Like just because you troll your brother with that. Yeah. <laughs> I can get behind is it, that. Is it? Is it not him he's looking for? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a feeling. 